Hi guys, how are you doing? I am so thankful you're here and I just love chatting with you, you know, and I know I do all the talking, but I promise that if I see you in real life, I will do all the listening because I'm just so grateful that I have this way of chatting with all my friends. So thanks. Thanks for coming on and listening. So today, just to start off, I have a question for you. Think about a time when you have been really, really thirsty. Now, you know, this doesn't happen as often now because everyone walks around with water bottles all the time. Do you, do you even know, you young people, that this did not, this was not always a thing, that people walked around with water bottles? I never, I can't think of a time, I can't even think of one time that I gave my child a water bottle, like when I had children. We didn't do that. Yeah, we were really bad. We gave them juice. That's like not a people who are my age. That's not a thing anymore. You don't give kids juice. Did you know that? <laughs> but anyway, think of a time when you were really thirsty. You know, your mouth is dry. You're just like, oh my gosh, I need a drink. Well, I have to tell you, my time that I was really thirsty just happened to me recently. And I don't think I have shared this yet. So when back in February, when we went to Kenya... Uh, we had an awesome time, fantastic trip, but on our way home, um, we went to the airport, okay, and we have a routine because, you know, I travel a lot, so I have this whole routine of what I normally do when I get to the airport. First of all, I, I drink a lot of water. I love drinking water, and I can drink it super fast. I just have this, like, weird ability to like chug water and I, I don't even look like I'm chugging it. I just take big sips, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, so here's my routine. I go to the airport with my water bottle full and everyone's like, oh, you know, you can't go through security with your water bottle. I'm like, nope, I got this. So I go with my water bottle full and then we get our tickets or whatever we have to do. And when I get in line for security, where, you know, you can't have water. We all know that you can't go through security with any water, but I wait till I'm in line for security and then I drink my water bottle. So I, I just empty it in the line. Then I go through and water bottles empty and we go through security and then we either have to buy water or, um, you know, a lot of airports have those filling stations now, which are awesome. I always look for those and I fill my water bottle back up and then I'm ready to, you know, I can drink as much as I want, fill it up and get on the plane. And then I have water because once you're through security, you can take water on the plane. You can buy coffee and take that on the plane. In every single airport in the world, you can do this except for Nairobi. You cannot do this. So we did not know that. So here we are in Kenya on our way home, you know, ready to go home. And I drink my water bottle in the security line, I'm all set, go through security, and they didn't have filling stations, so we bought water. So now we have brand new water bottles, and I just left it in the water bottle. I didn't actually dump it into my refillable water bottle, and we're ready to go through, you know, to get on the plane. Well, it was kind of weird. We had to go through security like four times. They had security on the road to get to the airport. I literally, we had to pull over on the highway, get out, go through a security thing, put our stuff on the conveyor belt, and get back in our vehicle. So that was the first one. Then there was another security point uh, to get into the building at the airport, right at the door. 
that was a little weird. Then after we got our ticket stuff and turned in our luggage, then there was the normal, what I would call the normal security. And then there was also security right at the gate. So yeah, we're at our gate. And to get, to get through the, the person who checks you at the gate, we had to go through security again. And they were like, oh no, you can't have water, not even water you bought at the airport. And that was the surprise that I was like, what? Now, apparently it was our fault. Like you could have water if it was in this special sealed bag that someone in the airport put it in a sealed bag. But when we bought our water after security, the, the normal security, they did not put it in a sealed bag for us because I guess we, we didn't know about it. So we didn't request it. So our water could not go on the plane. Well, I was not going to let them take my brand new water bottle and throw it away. So I just I was like, oh, no, I opened it and chugged the whole thing in two sips and was like, so I still drank it, but could not take it on the plane. Sorry, this is turning into a very long story, but then we got on the plane and I had a window seat because it was going to be an overnight flight. And I was like, I want to sleep. And that worked that I was able to sleep by leaning against the side of the plane. But I miscalculated that I had two ladies next to me that just never woke up the entire flight. So I was like stuck in my seat and couldn't get out. Well, we went, there was like, it was at least six hours of flying before anyone came by with water. I, and you know, of course, then they give you this little tiny cocktail glass of water. So needless to say, I was very, very, very thirsty on that flight. I was like, I and like, I felt like my whole body was a raisin. I just was so thirsty. And that I would have to say was the time that I was the most thirsty in my memory. So that was a very long story. Sorry to tell you about the time that I was the most thirsty in my memory. And maybe right now, have you, have you taken a sip of water while you've been listening to this? If you have, I think that would be really funny, but when can you think of a time that you were really thirsty? Because as horrible as it is to feel that thirsty, it's also a great reminder. It's a great reminder that can help us to pause and ponder the greatness of God. And that's what I want to talk about today. You are listening to the Pause and Ponder podcast with me, Susie. Do not give up stirring one another up to love and good works. That's what the Bible says. I hope this podcast encourages you to do just that today. Okay, so we have been talking about contentment in Christ and still talking about it today. I Again, I hope you're not sick of it yet. But contentment in Christ Here's the the long definition I've been looking at. Contentment in Christ is that sweet, inward, peacefully settled heart of the believer who, dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit, demonstrates the grace of God in every circumstance with willing surrender and continued faith in God's providence, God's goodness, and God's faithfulness. That's a long definition, but I think it's so, so rich and so true, don't you? And we've looked at different parts of that definition. And today I want to move on to eventually 
to Jesus's definition, Jesus's definition of contentment. But before I get to that, I just want to briefly mention um, a scripture that I think just captures what this is, this contentment in Christ, and contrasts it to finding contentment in the world. So last episode, I used the analogy uh, that Jeremiah Burroughs had of drawing near a fire. And, you know, if you draw near, uh, like if you imagine a fireplace or, or a campfire even, let, let's say a campfire, you draw near the fire and you get warm. And the further away you get from the fire, you're going to feel cold. And he used that analogy to say that that's finding contentment in your circumstances and that instead we need to, you know, uh, get warm from within. A physically healthy person can put on cold clothes and they feel cold for a moment, but then if you're physically healthy, your body will warm the clothes and then you're fine. And a spiritually healthy person can have cold circumstances, but draw from that inner strength of the Lord of the presence and power of Jesus within you um, and warm and feel warm, right? So that was the analogy last time. Here is a different analogy right from scripture and it's from Jeremiah 17. And it says this, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. So that would be trusting in the things of the world, either in yourself or, you know, circumstances, right? And it's, you're cursed. That's not good. And it goes on to say, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. So that's the person who finds contentment, who finds satisfaction, we might say, in the things of the world. So we don't want to be that. Don't be a shrub. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. So that's bad, right? We're in a lonely place, a dry place, and a place where nothing can grow. That's the reality. So don't be a shrub. Finding contentment, finding strength, trusting in the things of man. Then it goes on to say, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So the circumstances are drought and heat. Those are the circumstances. And yet the tree has green leaves and fruit. That's supernatural. You don't expect that. When there's a drought and uh, severe heat, you expect a tree to shrivel up. That's the natural inclination. But something supernatural is happening. Why? Because the roots of the tree go down deep. And Psalm 1 also, I always um, think of these two passages together because Psalm 1 also talks about the tree that can flourish in drought because it's planted by streams of water. So there's God's own analogy for finding contentment in him. And you know what I love about this passage? The comparison between a shrub in a, in a parched 
wilderness to a tree flourishing and green and bearing fruit. I love that it tells us no matter what the circumstance, contentment is possible. Contentment, security, satisfaction, peace, and joy and delight in, in, in living this life. All of that is possible no matter what, no matter what is happening. Contentment is what Jesus is offering us in the midst of it all, not in changing it all. So that means there could be no change in that disobedient child, no change in the struggling marriage, no change in the chronic pain we're experiencing. Maybe it's no change in a broken friendship. No change. That can be discouraging. What you are experiencing now is not going to change. It can be discouraging, right? Because so often we think, I would really be completely content if just this one thing would change. Maybe that's you today. I just need this one thing to change. And then, yeah, then everything's okay. But that's not true. It's not true. Because our satisfaction, our rest, our peace, our delight in living this life, it is only, only, only ever found in Jesus. Like I said last time, it says in Colossians 1.27, the secret, the treasure, the riches of the glory of the secret is Christ in you. He meets with us in that secret place of the heart. And when we are seen and known and loved by him, it is then that the most impossible thing to budge on the planet is changed. Our hearts, our hearts are changed. And that changes everything, doesn't it? And yet when we go back to the idea from Philippians 4.11 that we need to learn contentment, what do we need to learn? If it's all him, we need to learn to grow those roots, to grow those roots down deep so that when the drought comes, we are ready. You can't be like, oh, I need to grow roots when the drought is there. They need to already be there growing all along, drawing from that unseen source. If you think about it, you can't see the roots of a tree, right? They're unseen, just like we draw strength from the presence of Christ. That's an unseen thing, right? And we're satisfied and comforted and revived in our spirit to live and flourish because we are drawing from that unseen source. And that's what Psalm 1 talked about was how to grow those roots. And it was delighting in the word of God, spending time in God's word, spending time with the Lord and learning to do that, learning to allow his spirit to speak to us and, and uh, refresh us. That's what's learned so that we can live in contentment. And don't we need that? Man, I need that. I rely on the Lord in that way every day. And when we miss it, when we miss our, our um, time with the Lord, our whatever you call it, devotions, quiet time, and just coming, you know, spending time listening to the Lord, remembering his presence with us. When we miss that, we get thirsty, right? We, we feel the need, just like 
me on that airplane feeling like a raisin and like, when will they bring me water? We can have those times where we're like, oh man, I, I just, I just need to sit. I need to sit with the Lord. And I think that's being thirsty, right? Have I made you thirsty for it? Have I made you just in describing that desire? Like, yeah, you know what? I, I just need to turn this off and open my Bible and spend some time just sitting with the Lord. I hope so. In fact, go ahead, go do that. <laughs> because this is what Jesus offers us, that communion with him, that like, like drinking the huge slug from your water bottle. That's what Jesus wants to do for our souls today. This is, in fact, what Jesus offers each of us to give us this inner strength, inner joy, and inner peace that we're summing up as contentment in Christ. And he gave us the best definition of all for it, I think. So if you can't remember that long definition, you can remember Jesus' definition. And he gave this definition, this offer, this invitation to a woman, a woman I think we can all relate to, a woman who felt lonely, isolated, who felt like a failure, a woman who was searching, a woman who had a lot of questions, and a woman who was disappointed with life, a woman who was literally just going through the everyday motions of life, trudging along when God showed up. And it doesn't matter what her source of discontent was. It could be, it could be the same as our source of discontent. It could be any source of discontent. Jesus first lets her ask all her questions. And I love that, right? Jesus lets us ask our questions too. And then he answers her. The answer to every discontent, every heartbreak of ours is this offer from Jesus that we need to hear as well. And if you haven't guessed it, I'm talking about the woman in John chapter 4, the, the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. And here's the scripture. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. And of course, he's pointing to the literal well, right? What a great illustration of all the substitute comforts we might turn to for satisfaction and contentment and um, enjoyment in this world, you know? the temporary, the things that we turn to, comfort food, or even, you know, zoning out to Netflix, or or even just uh, our own accomplishments, or whatever it might be, the satisfaction and the sense of worth we get, or pleasure we get from those things, they're temporary. We always need more. Just like Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But then he goes on to say, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And there it is, Jesus's own definition of contentment in Christ, to never thirst again. Never thirst again. Think about that. What it would be to never have that, that taste in your mouth that you're thirsty that feeling that you're dehydrated, to never thirst again. And this is, this is the gospel. This is the, the offer of salvation to us, of 
through faith in Christ, that our need would be met, right? But it's more than that. It's more than that. It is for us as believers to say, I never thirst again. My needs have been met. I have no need. That not that contentment to be without need? You know, we would literally die without water. So to never thirst again is to not die, to live eternally. But what else is it to not need? To have such satisfaction and contentment that we feel no thirst. No thirst for the things of the world. No thirst for our circumstances to change or our dreams to come true. No thirst. Because we have been given, not learned, not learned like we have to learn how to be content in every circumstance, but we have been given through the grace of God this fountain, this spring of water, living water, that satisfies. That's what it is to be content in Christ, to learn to draw from the well of the living water. It's that simple and it's that profound, right? To accept Jesus's offer to never thirst again. And when we feel that, you know, life is heating up or we're in a drought and maybe we feel a little bit like a raisin to say, no, no, no. I have, I have the eternally filled water bottle. My water bottle is never empty because Jesus says, I will never thirst again. And when my heart is breaking, when I'm frustrated, when I'm just bored with, you know, driving the carpool again or whatever mundane thing is filling my life and taking up my time, I can say, no, I won't be discontent. I won't be dissatisfied. In fact, I will find delight in this life God has given me because I can draw from the presence and the power of Christ in me. And that makes even what looks like the most boring thing or the hardest thing, it makes it an adventure. It makes it a joy. And that is what it is to be content in Christ. And so I hope today, as you're listening to this, whatever whatever circumstances might be heating up in your life or you're just coasting through, I hope that you won't coast through and that you won't be discouraged, but that you will be renewed and refreshed in your spirit because you have a fountain bubbling up in you, a fountain of the Spirit of God. He's with you. He's with you today and every day. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and truly never thirst again. Until next time.